I'm Jennifer Stevens. Welcome to Make the Connection. I'm here today with my friend, Emily Greer, who is the grants officer for Central Texas for the Moody Foundation, which is a huge job. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, Boy, talk about taking the job at a crazy time. So you started... Working with the Moody Foundation just prior to COVID hitting? Yes. So it was about two and a half years ago. Um, So, yeah. So started kind of just the doing what was part of the job description um, and then completely did a 180 when COVID hit. And, again, it was so interesting to watch as COVID was like a wave. It kind of slowly started happening. I remember talking, speaking with nonprofits, and they were like, should we do our event? Should we not do our event? And that's kind of when – and then it was all Zoom. So a lot of my job now has been meeting people on Zoom, yeah. having relationships Yeah. Um, on a lot of Zoom. It's been a lot of Zoom. So when you were brought in, mm-hmm. you know, what was the vision for the role? Right. So uh, there are two um, other directors of um, or officers in Galveston and in Dallas. There has never been one in Austin. Um, so as, as, you see Austin growing so much, so many nonprofits, so many things happening. So um, the trustees really felt like um, having another role here um, and expanding that piece. And so uh, the exciting part for me is I have jumped from working on the nonprofit side, so I have that experience and love, and that's where my heart is, to switching gears and now doing this piece of it, which I can really relate. And the exciting thing that I love to do, too, is I can kind of explain some things to the trustees when I'm in meetings on this is what they're thinking. You know, this right. is, you know, instead of kind of an, an looking down um, bird's eye view, I can really kind of explain to why they're going in this direction or probably what they're thinking about why um, they're looking at capacity building or, you know, what does the future really look like for nonprofits in Austin and Central Texas? So well, it's shifting and changing. So yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Sh- everything is shifting and changing. And, yes. um, you know, everything, I always say the only constant is change. Yep, so, you know, everything's always been changing. But right now it's um, it's accelerated. It's, it's in a- your face. It's in your face. <laughs> it's yeah. accelerated. And so what's interesting about that is, and we were talking before, uh, we began recording, but what's interesting about that is, you know, business and nonprofits, the business of nonprofits is is very relationship-centric. Mm-hmm. And yet with all this change going on, um, you know, I'm, I'm curious, what would your advice have been in terms of building and sustaining relationships with donors for a nonprofit uh, pre-COVID? Mm-hmm. And has that advice shifted now given the in-your-face change that is is currently happening everywhere. Right. Um, It's still always going to be about relationships. And I know there's always that piece that's data-driven and we need numbers and, you know, we want return on our, you know, um, investment, that piece. But really, it's about emotions. And I know it's been hard because we've done, you know, I know you've done events. I've, you know, still involved with some nonprofits doing hybrid or doing all online. And you can just look at the numbers and, um, you know, some have done great and people are still part of it and love, you know, especially some of our um, friends that don't like to leave the house, love, yeah. you know, <laughs> sitting at home giving and that's great. But then you have donors, you know, that I've experienced that are like, I'm going to give you more money if you have it in person. So you don't want to leave money on that table. So yep. there's always that piece too, but it still comes down to You know, my advice with, you know, having a meeting with a first time donor would be it's about um, knowing, doing the research, 
and really on both parts, true. And that's that's kind of going into that trust-based philanthropy, which we can talk about later. But um, is, is knowing, you know, uh, when I was in the nonprofit world, when I was talking to someone, I, I knew exactly what they gave to. I knew who they gave to. I know who, um, just a little bit of their history. So I'm not going in asking questions. I kind of am asking questions around what I already know. So they know I've done my research and they mm-hmm. know what, you know, what, what we're asking. And if we're in the same ballpark even, you know, a lot of times it's, you know, it's just not a right fit because of the pillars of what they're giving to or, you know, you can't make that stretch. So, yep. um, so that's kind of one piece, too. And it's, you know, that communication is everything and how we've had to learn how to communicate on Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of a piece of it, too. It's sometimes a little less formal. I, I First, I was, I was still full makeup, dressed up, and then I was, you know, wearing sweatpants and, you know, still full makeup. And sometimes I'll throw on a hat because <laughs> they are, too. Um, yeah. And you're, you're, you know, some of that piece is you're looking inside their house. And that's kind of strange and weird. But it also, and you have a dog. And a lot of people have kids come out. And they're like, I'm so sorry. I was like, no. I go, that's, <laughs> we're all in this. Right. We're know? all human. Yeah. <laughs> we're all human. And so that piece that during COVID, I've seen, I always try to look for a little bit of the positives in this. And I think, you know, that piece of humanity is there. Of It's turned everybody's life upside down, you know. And I kind of took it as, especially when COVID was very much, when everything was shut down and we were like, okay, first we thought it was going to be over in two months, four months, and then it got longer and we were seeing the stretch of time and the nonprofits suffer. Um, I was so excited to be a part of a foundation that saw that. The trustees saw that and immediately were like, what can we do? We went into trust-based philanthropy, which is um, trusting um, the, the organizations like this is not for a program. This is truly for general operations to do what you need to do to maintain, to get back on your feet. And that just gives me chills. I was like, oh, so exciting to, instead of we, our process of inquire is people come in, inquire and, um, through the state of Texas, and it's um, sometimes high volume. But this way, we really get to look at humanitarian. We got to look at the this food sustainability. What are the preschools and the moms and the job situations and really get personal and have these incredible conversations. I mean, I still get teary. I think I, I cried with so many and they're like, I'm so embarrassed. I'm crying. It's like, I'm crying right there with you. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it is just listening because I know being on still a couple of boards of in that heartfelt, oh my gosh, you know, something has hit the fan. What do we do? And I, yeah. and I understand that. And I know that. So in some I, I, conversations, I would just be like, okay, tell it to me straight. Let's just put the you know, the social graces behind us, what keeps you up at night? Yep. You know, tell yep. me what is your gap? What what truly is going on? Because I can't take back information if I don't know it. And that's still, as I was growing into my job, I really want the information that's happening. I mean, I, I am only one person out there trying to gather what's happening in the homeless situation. I can't be at every meeting. I can't, you know, be. So I'm really depending on this relationship that I'm forming with the organizations to tell me, you know, what do the numbers look like? What What is really going on? Someone give me the um, the honest truth about what needs to be happening. Who, who are the people, the leaders that are taking this to the next level? Um, and that's information that's so good for me to process and get that to the trustee so they can make very informed decisions. So, yeah. um, Well, it's interesting because, as you know, being on both sides of philanthropy like you have been mm-hmm. and are, 
um, there's different types of funders, Mm -hmm. right? And so we've got funders like what you just described, where you have the trustees who very proactively said, okay, you know, let's take all the rules and all the pillars and all the the T's and the I's and let's let's throw that away and let's figure out how to sustain these organizations through a crisis, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I do think even I would say individual philanthropists and even event driven philanthropy. Right. Um, over the last, I would say, maybe year or so, I saw people also doing that. Mm-hmm. Right. And they they didn't. Everybody had Zoom gloom and nobody really wanted to zoom in, but they were but and they, they were, were giving and they were engaging. However, I have seen that change. And uh, again, and like what you just said a minute ago, people are like, okay, if you have the event, I will give you more. Mm -hmm. Um, And so now you've got this balance, right? So you've got, you've got your, your kind of major funders and, and your, and your major entities that are kind of like, okay, we're still with you. What do you need? We're back to programmatic a lot of the Mm -hmm. times, right? We're, we're maybe not fully out of crisis, but we're coming out of crisis. Then you've got your individual philanthropists, some of whom write the check because they want to write the check, some of whom want the event. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I I can tell you, we had a client that did a virtual event in fall of 2020. They had over 1,500 people tune in and give. And they did, they decided to do virtual again in fall of 2021, and they had less than 100. Wow. Drop. Okay. So it's like people were just like, we're done. Yeah. And so, so. So now what do you do, right? So as an organization, you've got the pressure of trying to make sure your staff is safe. Mm-hmm. You know, from a PR perspective, you're doing the right thing for the organization. You've got vendors who expect an event. You've got vendors who expect no event. Mm-hmm. So now what do you do, especially because it all does come back down to relationships? So how do you make those right yeah, right that decisions. is tricky too because a nonprofit should not have to burden be burdened with the both. Like I know some, you know, I know some donors are like, "Well, don't you just do hybrid?" You know, which they are, but it is people aren't realizing how expensive that is to yes. put on a full event, put on a full hybrid or full, you know, online is tricky, and yes. having it live and having all those pieces. And honestly, I think you have to go with. Uh, each is different and depending on the time and I feel like hopefully fingers crossed we are kind of coming more out of this I went, just went to two events recently that were fully you know putting it was outside one was outside one was inside but they really kind of stretched people out mm-hmm. so there was room there was space everyone is fully you know um, cognizant of, of the rules you know like this is how we're doing it period you know yeah. and, and if you're not comfortable we understand um we'll get you the information and we'll have a different meeting you know yeah. so you kind of really do it is a stretch but you kind of have to talk to each donor individually on what their comfort level is yeah um, well and maybe that really is philanthropy anyway right yeah you have to meet is. people where they are yeah. not where you are as an organization right you have to meet them where they are anyway mm-hmm. um so maybe we've just come full circle to being back to what but back to the basic too i know because i know everyone always says oh stepping away from events would be so much easier on the nonprofits, but it's where so many relationships are made yep and it's truly is about feeling good and it's about that emotion piece and and it's the last two events were I mean fully stacked and they did very well yep so I do think people are coming back well and you know I'll state the obvious I believe mm-hmm. in events but what I have seen over the years and I've literally seen example after after example is you know you get someone into an event they they see the emotion mm-hmm. right don't t- don't give me the facts and figures give me the emotion they see the emotion they feel it Mm -hmm. they see a room of people who are invested in it 
And that success breeds success. That's a powerful environment. Mm -hmm. And I've seen people go from being an invitee to being a major funder, Mm -hmm. all because of the experience of being in a room at an event. And so, you know, there's a marketing benefit to events. There's a cultivation, you know, and there's a storytelling. Yes. And so, you know, that that's not lost. And, and we all did what we had to do. Mm-hmm. But I do think going forward uh, to really cultivate those relationships, it's going to take that it's going to take that live it live is. engagement. And like you said, storytelling is it there's actually a science to that, you know, and so and that's that's humanity and that's kind of what brings us all together. That it's that connector. Yep. Whether we're red, blue, you know, whatever our thought process is, there is something that pulls people together and that unifies them. And it could be the passion for whatever the event is about or, you know, whatever the organization is doing. And yep. so that that's really that's key. Cause you're just still Zoom computer, um, we're just, you're just not getting quite what you need from that. You know, yeah. definitely great starter, you know, and keeping people engaged. Stewardship can all be um, at that capacity. But as far as really having relationships, it's, you know, that starts everything. It could be just that, like you said, just being invited and being like, huh, I want to learn more. Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So then on the other side, you know, we get them, we engage them, hopefully they become a donor. So how do you what does a donor expect on the other side as it relates to storytelling? You know, there are some facts and figures. Mm-hmm. I've had donors say to me in the past, you know, don't tell me what you do. Tell me what you've achieved. Right. Um, but how do you do that? How mm-hmm. do you how do you tell a story on the other side? Kind of the balance between the facts and the figures right. and the data and, and the human. Right. You know? And obviously foundations have to have facts and figures. We have to have record. We have to have data collection and all that piece. So that's just that's that's part of it. No big deal. Um, but then you can weave your story within that. I mean, if you're looking at capacity building and uh, strategic planning, that's a big piece of it. Like, you know, a donor may come in and you have to be prepared. What's what's going on in one year? Where, where are you going with this? You know, tell me about your five-year plan. Um, are you trying to grow your organization? Do you want to go into other schools? Are you collaborating? That is a big, which I've learned a lot kind of being on this side too, is really there, I feel like Austin has been siloed. Mm-hmm. And so many wonderful organizations, but they're alone and they're struggling. And um, they really, I think COVID has another positive is bringing people together and collaborating ideas. Like, we're kind of doing something similar. Let's talk. Let's, um, you know, see what we can do. And I, I know in the past, it's always been like, I don't want to share. Correct. <laughs> I was just going to say, how's that I going? Know, I know. Well, that is key. <laughs> but if they're doing similar, I have seen a lot of organizations coming together, um, you know, for events or for different things. Like, we are partnering on this. We need your knowledge. What can you do here? And so that I've seen. And that's that's great. And I do think funders like to see that, too. Interesting. Um, yeah. So if there is a way, I mean, there's just if it's not a natural, you know, cohesive you yeah. know well they what do they but, say if two people meet in a coffee shop in austin a nonprofit is born yep <laughs> you know that's i i agree the silos you know i definitely agree and and have seen that over the years from a funder perspective mm-hmm. if you're seeing two organizations coming together and working together in that way is that make you more apt to say okay let's look at these organizations and fund them both you know how do you take away the fear of like right. I don't want to share? Share exactly. I, I think that would be one way, and you know, and seeing what is the mission together is you know what does that look like? Because um, otherwise, separate, it's going to be the same thing too. You know, like you're asking and you're asking, have y'all talked? You know, a lot of people do, and I, I've seen some of our trustees say that too. Like, 
why are there so many? <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. are they talking? Are they collaborating? And so that's 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 one thing. So when you talked a second ago about, I think you said trust-based philanthropy. Mm-hmm. Tell me what that means. So that is really it, it's something an idea, and I, I really follow some of the the foundations like um, Ford Foundation, some of the really big ones, and what they're doing, and they've really done some incredible things in COVID, incredible ideas, and it really is it, instead of. Um, a gift. You going through the the, the I'd say old school or, or basically the foundation of, of of what's been you know handing out money. It's here you go. We'll talk again in a year or we'll see. This is more. Let's build a trust together. Let's look at a multi-year gift. Let's um you know let's do look a really kind of have this conversation of um is it general ops just to get you know because I remember even you know back running you know the rise school it was. I can't think of another program to write about for a grant. I really just need to make my program special and better. And that is general operations, you know. And so I know it's hard. Nonprofits are like, that's what we need. So it is that trust base of trusting the organization. They're saying sustainability. Like, I'm, you know, I'm trusting you with this funding to do what you need to do to make it better. And um, Ford has even gone further. There's something I'm love, really would love to delve further into. It's called Build Program. And so they would take um, an organization, or they're taking a handful for five years. And so the first year would be general operations. And then you look at the next couple years, and it's capacity building. Where do you want to go? What is your strategic plan? And what are the needs that you need for that? Um, and then lastly, as they're kind of moving along, the idea is after that five-year time period, they're ready to fly. They're sustainable. That's They've got it cool. in that five years. They have outreached and have so many new relationships. And so that last year may just be like, okay, so we don't have a marketing department. So that last year is like, okay, let's look at what the, the greatest needs are for you to get to that level, that next level. And it could be, you know, there's the big digital divide. It could be whatever the organization is. But it's truly building on these, what they really need, and then let them completely fly. That's, that's interesting. Both both that you just described, build and um, trust-based philanthropy, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that's a very different approach than the way philanthropy has worked in the past, yes, right? I feel like correct. in the past, <laughs> it's like, well, I want to know what percentage of my dollars yes. are actually reaching the clients you serve. Right. And, you know, when I asked, which I am every now and then, not a lot, but every now and then, my answer is always, if they cannot pay to keep the lights on mm-hmm. and and the roof over their head, they're not going to reach any client at all. Right. So let's not get too judgy about the idea that right. we need operation funds. And, and, and so that's a salaries. very different way to think. Yeah, salaries, of course, those right? those are people that make it happen. I that's know right. there have been some complaints in the past. Oh, they make too much. I'm like, no, they don't. <laughs> I know. No, they don't. I um, know. Because we know it's a 60-hour work week. It's always on. You're well, on. Well, it's, yeah. it's, it's a few things, right? So it's it's you're always on. Mm-hmm. It's It's a incredible amount of work, mm-hmm. well beyond a normal 40-hour, if you will, normal, whatever that is, work week. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also you're going to get the caliber of talent that you pay for. Right. And get something what you pay for. You get what you pay for. <laughs> and I believe firmly that we ask our nonprofits, just we, the general we that is mm-hmm. society, we ask our nonprofits to solve our biggest challenges. Mm-hmm. We ask them to solve homelessness. Mm-hmm. We ask them to solve abuse. We ask them to solve, um, you know, children who have been abandoned uh, by their parents. We ask them to solve, right? We mm-hmm. hunger. 
literally of, society's main biggest issues. challenges. Mm-hmm. We turn to philanthropy and we say, you guys figured out nonprofits. Mm-hmm. And yet we then turn around and judge the nonprofits who want to hire and retain the brightest and best talent that they can mm-hmm. to solve the biggest problems in our society. Right. So I've never understood why a funder would look at an organization and say, oh, gosh, well, we can't we certainly can't pay a marketing director more than 40 grand a year. And you're right. like, what are you talking about? Yeah. So but that's a very different um that's where I. That's see a very it. different yeah, approach, I know. and I, I I see it. The future of that, I don't think many are there yet. But it's I think a lot of people in these organizations who are looking at that. I'm talking to a lot more people in my role who are very interested in that, and, and especially you know following what um, you know they're doing at the Ford Foundation. Um, just kind of seeing you know it can start that process a little bit. We saw it work during COVID and. Um, let's start trusting each other. What, what, you know, to build on that capacity, you know. So that's that's yeah. very exciting to hear, and it also really comes back to the very first point we were just discussing, which is, re- you know, relationships. Mm-hmm. That creates a two-way relationship. It is a two-way. That is the key. Instead of you know, you know, and and I think you know you can look at that with what we're talking about with equity piece too. I've been doing yep. lots of reading, and I'm learning, learning, learning. Um, but, you know, there's just been this, you know, the big foundation and there's handouts. So it does switch things of really having a conversation. Yep. Um, and I know just in because the Moody Foundation does so much in Texas, like I don't have all the time in the world to have these real deep conversations every day. But there's definitely um, I try to make myself as available as I can, you know, to everyone who just even wants to talk or, you know, or um and so and that that is that trust base, you know, like tell, you know, let's have these conversations. Um, I, you know, and every day, even if I have a stack day, I'm like, OK, I'm going to learn something today. And I I learned so much from these nonprofits. Yeah. I mean, what that like you said, what they're doing, they're trying to solve the world's problems. And I'm yeah. just like in truly in awe of everything that they're doing. And I know how hard it is. <laughs> well, it, yeah, it is. But, you know, I have to say I love that approach. And mm-hmm. I think from a nonprofit perspective, you know, a, just the knowledge that that approach exists mm-hmm. uh, is powerful. And then no, with that knowledge, you know, what advice do you have for nonprofits as they're talking to funders mm-hmm. to try to encourage that that trust-based giving? Yeah, that that's hard because I don't think a lot of funders are quite there yet. But I think it's a buzzword that the more it is brought up, I think that funders are going to be like, okay, there needs to be – and maybe that's another, you know, there there are several positive things out of COVID, and that's another one. Let's kind of look at what COVID really did was we put it, we've had Band-Aids on so many things in our community and beyond, and it showed big cracks, you know, in, yeah. in education and, you know, and so many. I could go on and on. Um, so it's the Band-Aids have been ripped off, so let's really try to focus on building on a rock, you know, as opposed to the sand, which, you know, seeps through. So it, it truly is, is kind of let's get back to, and I think that that's what a lot of the officers are doing and bringing it to the level of the higher ups in, in the foundation is learning how can we, maybe it's a slow change, but I think it's going to speed up. I think the, I think yep. like the nonprofits, um, when I talk at funders meetings too, it's, 
let's have these conversations. And I may not be able to bring you the answers, but I am starting to have these conversations with the trustees, too, to kind of let them understand a little bit. It is changing. It's different. People don't like change. <laughs> yes. It scares no, everybody. No, they don't. Yeah. So, but it is kind of as things are moving in that direction, because um, I, I talk to the other foundations a lot, too, to kind of be on, you know, make sure, one, they have a lot more people, <laughs> researchers. So I'm like, can you send me some research, please? Doing it on my own here. Um, but collaborating. We need to be collaborating. We need to be collaborating and supporting too as a team and and maybe there's something in our future of um, a task force that's both you know and and really hearing bringing down that you know that kind of ladder yep and kind of like like you said we're we're doing this we're in this together because we want to make a change they're making the change they're doing it and we're supplying you know the help you know but we want to be a part of it instead of well you have to show me this this and this you know right and it is that more trust. Like, I'm trusting you, you know, that sustainability. and Well, I mean, to me, that's a very different way to think, but mm-hmm. it's a very powerful way to think. And what strikes me as you're talking is that trust will, will also mean flexibility mm-hmm. for the organization to be able to pivot and make different decisions along the way toward the goal. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and I... I'll speak for myself, but I'm sure you've had this similar experience. When you're taking on a task, whatever it might be, a new programmatic piece mm-hmm. of, of, of an organization, whatever, you make great plans and you prepare for those, right? You think about the marketing and the budgeting and the staffing and all these things. And as you get going, you learn lessons that require you as a good leader in an organization to change your plans. Yes. So if you do not have a funder that trusts you and Mm -hmm. gives you the flexibility to make those changes, you are almost beholden to a plan that maybe really isn't going to end in the result the funder wanted in the first place. Right. Or the best interest of anyone. Or the best interest of anyone. And I have had several situations where, you know, an organization's come back to me and it's like, we, that program's not going to work. You know, we don't have this and this, we're being completely honest with you. And I'm like, okay, let's, you know, figure out, is there something else that, the, the funds would go for. Yep. And all they have to do is just kind of reprogram. We put it back in the system. We, we have record of it just so everyone knows what took place and uh, communication. You communication. know, it truly is because I would rather know that than um, yep. other, you yep. know. And and so there, there's a lot of situations, too, where I've seen that, um, you know, oh, we want to put a name on this, but it was never finished. There was only, you know, and you know things get political in a nonprofit or whatever the situation is, but Money was supposed to go there. It had to go somewhere else. It happens. You know, so there's a name on an empty room. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, okay, what happens next? That, again, is communication. No one should get their feathers ruffled. It's just what are the needs here? Um, you know, let's just have a conversation so it's not an empty closet yep. <laughs> room. Yep. You know, and so – but that's happened. And that's real life. That's, you know, that's a program that's like we had to put it, it – this was important for us to, you know, sustain and, you know, for where we are. You know, and, and or COVID or whatever, it doesn't matter. You Absolutely. Know. Well, and that's the key to relationship building, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Being candid. Yes. And being honest. Being honest. Yeah. You know, communicate often and early yes. and often, right? <laughs> early and often. Um, yeah. And so, that's why I try to be transparent too, because critical. I, there are certain. I'm going into a meeting. I know it may not be something that this foundation um, usually funds, or I, I know right now, kind of. The timing may not be the best. And so I do, I don't ever want to get anyone's hopes up. Of course, I'm always hoping, too. It's not up to me. I don't make the final vote. But I I do try to be transparent of 
let's look at timing a little further down the road or um, let's come in with maybe a little smaller ask or let's develop this a little more. Um, and a lot of times it, it sometimes doesn't go through at all. And it, it does not mean that organization doesn't have what it takes. That's not it at all. And that's what's so hard because a lot of times people come back and be like, well, what happened? What, what can we do to do better? I was like, you're doing great. It has right. nothing to do with that. Sometimes it's high volume. Sometimes it's timing in a meeting. Sometimes, a, a, you know, I say – a perfect example is the Moody Foundation um, voted on a gift to the Rice University for $100 million. So now they've done UT 130 SMU. And so it's like a credit card bill. we got to pay this down through the next several chapters, um, which no doubt we will and we'll be more open. But in that meantime, I also know my trustees, it makes them nervous. you know, sure. And I want to kind of put some time between a, a, a bigger ask or an ask between something they've just, you know, done a big, you know, gift to, because I know it just takes a little separation sure. <laughs> to feel better sure. about doing something else. So, you know, and, and that's, that is a p- big part of my job is knowing kind of timing or, or trying to and um, give us the best advice. Sometimes I foul up too, and I'm like, oh, I thought they would really <laughs> think in the way I'm thinking. And, sure. and sometimes it's not, but, and that just happens. But it, it's never... You're not good enough, you know, and I hate that rejection feeling like, oh, we didn't get the money. We really needed the money. Um, but a lot of times it's just there are so many. And and one thing I've noticed me coming into this role, I've really been trying to bring new people in, which I, I, I'm excited about and want to do. But that means we have more people coming in. Sure. Um, so I'm looking at, too, is like, how can we do a little more alternating you know, and, and I know we can't do everyone multi-year gifts, but I do love that idea, too. You know, we've, we've done it a couple times, and I'd love to really kind of look at that because I know that helps nonprofits knowing I've got something on my budget yes. for two years. And I can plan ahead. Exactly. Instead of Predictable that one year. budgeting. Right. Yep. Because a lot of times we're working on the budget, and six months later, we're working on the budget. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, gosh, yeah. sweating it out. So, yeah. So um, going forward, then, you know. With your crystal ball, mm-hmm. you know, what what advice do you have for organizations, you know, we are sort of out of COVID mm-hmm. and sort of probably never going to be out of COVID. Right. Um, you know, you've got the collaboration. I, I do agree with you. I think people understand now more than ever they've got to work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've all got their individual projects that have essentially been on hold for two years as right. everyone's been trying to sustain. So, you know, looking forward, kind of what, what do you predict mm-hmm. maybe or what do you what advice do you have for nonprofit organizations as they kind of look at 2022 and, and beyond and, and how to approach how to approach the relationships with their donors and how to kind of you know, maybe realign their expectations a little bit. Yeah, I do. Um, and and, I, and I'm excited about there are so many capital campaigns. I kind of just been on hold a little bit or, or silent phase, of course, which I think is great because I, I know a lot of um, the community leaders have said don't stop because just because you still need whatever you're, you're needing. You need that building badly or you need to capacity building because you want to serve more people. That's the whole idea. The more people that these organizations can serve – um, is going to help us in the long run. So uh, as far as capital campaigns, I, I think there are certain groups that really do like to serve that. Um, uh, and so I, I'd say keep going. I say crystal ball. I do think right now is a good time because I think people are wanting to be with people. I think those relationships are definitely. And I think, you know, people are hurting all over and, and it doesn't matter. I mean, it's everywhere. So I think that humanity piece is there. So mm-hmm. I do think I think there's going to be more people wanting to get involved. Um, and it may be volunteerism. It could be even just a simple um, attachment. But I've seen it with friend, surrounding friends and um, 
people are searching for meaning. That is the bottom line. Everyone mm-hmm. wants a connection and they want meaning, um, something in their life to be meaningful. And I think that's why, you know, we're seeing so many people changing jobs right now. COVID kind of opened our eyes up like, I don't like what I'm doing, you know, and really trying to expand that piece too. But I, I think the meaningful and wanting to help each other is is in our future. I do. It may look different. Um, uh, it may come in different ways, but I do see that just by even just the couple of events, um, just people wanting to do something and trying to figure out what is it that mm-hmm. I can do. And I do feel like philanthropy, I think we can kind of pull in, but we also have to teach philanthropy to our younger kids. You know, I mean, we that's so important. Like, some people just, you know, even we have all these people moving here. I, I, I so many, and everyone's like, "How do we reach out? How do we know what our let them know what our community is about?" Which I know you and I have always talked about that. How do we do this? But it's also um, teaching the next generation, our teenagers, um, how what it means. And you need to continue this, yep. you know, yep. um, always. Whether it's through volunteering, whether it's through helping. Um, a classmate or anything. So it's, it's that's what I see. I think people are, are are wanting something, and it's just I think those of us who are in a leader, leadership position need to kind of help guide yep. that piece of it. Yep, I do too. I still don't know how to reach all the new people that are I don't moving either. here. Yeah, I think that's real tricky. Um, it, what's interesting to me is, yeah, I had a couple of you know, one was a friend in a venture capital firm, and another was a realtor who said, man, you know, it'd be great if I could connect you to so-and-so that moved here. They really need some guidance. Um, But there is no real structure for that. Mm -hmm. You know, there is no like, you know, when you're moving to a city, it's like, okay, I get my realtor. My realtor tells me like where my dry cleaner should be. And, you know, they nails done. Right. Where to get my hair done, where to get my nails done, (laughs) you know, car, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But we need philanthropy to be a part of that conversation. Right. Um, And I don't know if that's a role for an economic development organization to take on. I don't, you know, or you you and me (laughs) and all our spare time. Exactly. Right. But but. But but it truly does need to happen because when you've got a group coming in the way that we in our community in Austin do right now, we have an opportunity to transform this community um, and transform our organizations because, as you and I both know, 80, 90 percent of the lift in this community is done by 20 percent or less of the people capable of lifting. Mm -hmm. And so if we could all just get if we could get everybody to engage a little bit and we could get those with the capacity to engage, you know, in a greater way. Right. You know, what attracted you to Austin? Okay, now invest. Right. Right. Invest our community in what you just fell in love with. Mm -hmm. You know, you fell in love with the trail. Let's invest in the trail foundation, whatever it is. Right. right? You have three young kids. Let's invest in the Rice School or Dell Children's or whatever. Right. Education. Right. Let's mm-hmm. let's find these opportunities. Um, you know, my hope is that that can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reality so far is I don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really, you know, my fingers are crossed. So, yeah, Emily, we have our work. Cut up for us. <laughs> I know. We still need to solve that. I to me, know. that's a big solve. It is. And, it, and it, like you said, it's, it's if you're going to live here, you got to be a part of everything here, you know, and be, you know, and truly. There. Absolutely. And there are so many nonprofits, too, that blow me away. I'm just still just like, Wow. Um, yep. And so, yeah, I, I, I've been brainstorming on that as well, um, but just being a part of it. Like you said, there's a lot of – we need some more lifting. <laughs> we need some more lifting. Yeah. But in the meantime, you know, mm-hmm. everybody row the boat. It's kind of always been my mantra. And right. I think if we all just keep rowing the boat, I do think we get we get the organizations back on track. We mm-hmm. get them collaborating and um, and and some trust-based philanthropy sounds yeah. Sounds good to me. Thanks yeah. for taking the time to oh, visit with fun. me today. It's Absolutely. so valuable and it's 
Plus, it's just great to see you. So. I know. It's fun. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for, for your time. Me. Absolutely.